We're going to be learning the first Sicha on Parshas Re'eh. This Sicha is going to be discussing the Pasuk of Re'eh, and it's going to give the translation of, this, of certain words of this Pasuk based on the Targum Unklas and also a different translation which the Targum Yenisan gives. We're going to explain the differences of translation, the different styles of translation of the Unklis and the Targum Yenison, and also the difference of how this plays out in our Vedas Hashem uh, through an explanation on Pichasidis. Sevalf. The Psichas Pashasenia Re'ea Nechi Nesimagamer, Targum Unklis Asatevis, Bracha Klala, Birchon Veloitin, Vechenu Targum Alatevis Klalosh Behemsha Haksuvim. The beginning of this week's, this week's parsha, it says, Nathan says, Behold, I'm placing before you a blessing and a curse. So the Targum Unkulis translates the words Abracha and Aklala as a blessing and a curse. Basically, he's giving a literal translation of these words. And, and similarly, throughout the parsha, whenever these words of Bracha and Klala are mentioned, he always translates the word Klala as a curse. Avol betarakim yenasa antirgan tevas v'klala bebeis hapsukim. Baracha uklala. V'haklala in lois hishmu'u v'ichi lufa. V'aderach ze betargim yishalmi bepasik habeis v'ichi lufehem. He says, but in the targim yenasa, he translates the word v'klala in two of the psukim, our pasik when it says bracha v'klala, and also when it says v'klala like tishmu'u, he doesn't translate it by the literal translation as a curse, but rather he uses the word bichilufa. Bichilufa means a substitution, an exchange. And also the Targum Yerushalmi also translates it as an exchange. Later on in the Sicha we'll talk about what the difference is between the Targum Yenis and Yerushalmi, but for right now the point is the Targum Unkulus translate literally while the Yerushan and the Yerushalmi translate Klala as the substitute, meaning it's like the substitute of the exchange of the blessing, you get this. So Tzarek Lahavin Mah so the first question is, what is the differences of the change? Why Unkulus translates it one way, and the, uh, uh, the Yonison translates it in a different way. And he says, and the second question is, we see later on that the Targum Yenison on the Pasuk Besaklala Har Evil, when it speaks about the procedure how the Yidin would receive blessings and curses on the mountain of Har Grizim Har Evil, he translates the word Esaklala, he actually gives the translation as a curse. So even in the Targum Yenison itself, we're seeing that in different places he's translating this word differently. So really the question is on the Targum Yenison. We know Klala literally means curse. So A, why is he switching it to the word chilufa, and second of all, why is he, even in the same parsha, sometimes he translates it as chilufa, and other places he translates it as a curse. Base. There's another two questions in Targum Yenison. Aleph, klala hu musug v'inyan la'atzmai, av chilufa pirusha rak chilufa she'inyan ha'matzav aniskar lefanav. He says, klala isn't a concept for itself, it means a curse. Chilufa is not a concept on its own, it just means in exchange, a substitute of some other concept or idea which was mentioned earlier. So how can you translate the word klala as an exchange or substitute? That's not what the word klala means. Khalufa just means an exchange of something else. It's not an actual translation of the word. And bez, khilufa, yeimar bez in yonim hashenim zemizah. He says the word khilufa 
is used on two ideas which are different. Uh, therefore, they're able to be substituted. If it's exactly the same thing, you don't substitute one idea for the exactly, you know, you, if you're doing currency exchange, you're not going to change one American dollar for another American dollar or one Canadian dollar for a second Canadian dollar. You don't do that. It has to be two different things. But nonetheless, obviously, there needs, there needs to be something which is similar. Therefore, you're able to do an exchange. So if you're exchanging U.S. dollars for Canadian dollars, that makes sense. They're different. But at the same time, they have a common uh, denominator is that they both have value. And therefore, you're able to do exchange. But when we're talking about curses and blessings, they're not, they're opposites. They're not, they have no common denominator. On the contrary, they're two opposite things. It will be like exchanging U.S. dollars for debt. You, you, don't, you don't do exchanges of money, which has value, to debt, which is the opposite of something which has value. Uh, this would be the same idea. You can't change something which is a blessing for a curse. These are two totally different uh, concepts, and they don't actually fit one for the other. And they're given as an example of this idea. He says, we see this idea with exchange of uh, letters. This is an idea that's uh, brought in halacha and especially used in Kabbalah, that when there's, in the Torah, when you have certain letters which are similar to each other, and we'll, there's many different rules, and we'll discuss some of them now, you're able to exchange one, lover, one letter for another letter and thereby get a different translation of the word. Um, but... You can't just do whatever you want. Like, oh, let's exchange this Aleph, you know, for a Chves, like a Mem. Like, randomly change any word that you want. There are rules of how these things are changed. And therefore, by following the rules, you're able to come up with different translations of the word, depending on what letters, what letters you're able to exchange it for. And the most basic rule is that there needs to be a common denominator between the words that are and the letters which are being exchanged. So, Alderich Mashukasa Bazar HaKadosh, so example that's given, this is also brought in the Tanya, that when you say Shema Yisrael, Shema Yisrael, the word Echad is the same word as that Echad and Va'ed, they're both able to be exchanged. Meaning is that Va'ed also has the translation of one. So just like Echad means that God is one, that also the shame of Hashem is also Va'ed, also has an idea of, of oneness. And that's an idea which we'll explain in Tanya. We're not going to go into now. But the idea is that Echad is, a, is what's called the Chidah Ilah, is the higher level of unity. This is the unity of the world and how the world is one with Hashem by the perception of Hashem, which is a very high level. And then there's Va'ed, which is also the unity of Hashem. But it's the unity of Hashem in the world that we're able to see through our, the human or the created um, being's perspective. So how are these letters exchanged? He says, The reasoning is because Va'ed and Echad, the letters have a connection. He says, The reason why the Vav is able to be switched with the Aleph because they both come from the group and the category of letters which are the Aleph, Hei, Vav, Yud. They, that's a certain group of letters. In the Sifri Dikduk, they're called Oisius HaMeshech, Oisius HaNoyach, Oisius HaNashima. So HaMeshech is the, the stressing of the word, giving it a, a stronger stress. For example, you, when you have in Hebrew, you have, let's say, a chirik. So sometimes you have the chirik with a, 
just a chirik under the letter, and sometimes you'll have it with a yud afterwards. So when you have a chirik with a yud afterwards, that means you stress the chirik with like a louder sound. Same thing with the other letters, that when those letters show up, that means the, uh, the pronunciation is supposed to be with a stronger stress. Oisis hanoyach are silent letters, like for example, in the word beratius, the aleph isn't uh, heard, and like at the end of most words, let's say bara, uh, you don't hear necessarily as its own letter the hey which is at the end. And similarly with these other ones, sometimes these letters are not heard, they're silent letters. And then you have the oisis and ashima. These are the oisis which are used to create the vowels, meaning is that whenever a pronunciation of a word is being used, you're always going to hear this vowel sound. For example, if you're going to say, you know, comets base ba, so ba already has a sound over there that there's a ba, is there's a hey. Um, B, there's going to be a, a, a yud over there. Right? B is a yud. Uh, if you're going to do it with a, like a kubut sound, it's bu. So there's a there's a vav sound. The vav sound is always the u, so bu. So the idea is that these letters are always used in order for the pronunciation of the of the vowels to be uh, heard. V'chein ches te'achem eschalapesem ayin deva'ed v'yesem esug oisis achash emoitzon mahagaren. Similarly, the ches of achad that's able to be switched with the ayin of vayed because both of them come from the articulation of the, the, the guttural, the guttural sounds. Ach, alef, ches, hey, ayin, all are guttural sounds. V'dalet, rabasi, de'achem, eschalapes, v'dalet, and the dalet of vayed and the dalet of echad, they're both dalets, so therefore they're able to be exchanged, even though the echad, in the Sefer Torah, the dalet is written with a large dalet, while the dalet of Va'ed is, is a regular sized dalit, but they're both dalits, so therefore they're able to be exchanged. So therefore we know that va'ed is connected to this idea of unity. But the point is, But the question is, how could we, how does the targum translate the word klala as a chalufa? That's in general, and especially so when he's, we're talking about the word bracha. Tar, klala is not a a chiluf and a substitute and exchange for the idea of bracha, as we see that in Lashon Ekeish, the Rebbe just proved the word chilufa. Like in English, I guess you say you substitute. You can, you know, I, I don't know if there's any rules. You substitute anything for anything, but in Lashon Ekeish, we're seeing the word chilufa is means specifically when there's some type of um, connection between these two uh, ideas, even though they're different. Okay, so he says Gimel Vabir Bezad. The explanation is like this. So the general difference between the Targum of Unculus and Targum of Yenus and Shalmi is that the Targum Unculus is translating the words according to the most simple, it's according to the simple translation of the Pasuk. Usually that means he's literally just giving a word-by-word translation like a dictionary. And in certain places, he will also give some explanation, but the simple interpretation of the idea, meaning certain places of the entire, you can't just translate the words um, word by word. Like, for example, like in English, you could say something comes out of, you know, it, it was out of the blue. So if Targum Unclus was translating in the entire, he wouldn't just translate that from the Hebrew into the Aramaic as coming out of the blue because it doesn't have any meaning. He'll say what that means. It means he'll translate it as, as like unexpectedly, whatever that word would be, like pitoim or something in Aramaic. So therefore, entire when you have, let's say, prophecies, like the prophecies of Bilam or the brachas of Yaakov, which are also like prophecies, sometimes you'll have to translate the ideas so you understand 
what it's talking about. But he's not coming to give you midrashim or deeper explanations or answer questions. He's taking this these words, which if you translate it word by word, it wouldn't have any meaning to the reader. So he translate, uh, translates the idea to its most sur- simplistic uh, way of understanding those words. But the Targum Yenisim in many places, they don't just translate the Pasuk, which they do many times, they just translate the word, word by word, but many times they'll actually add explanation. Like even in the beginning of this week's Parsha, when it says, I'm giving in front of you, they give some explanation of what that means, that, that, that he's... That, that, that Hashem saying that I'm giving in front, Moshe Rabbeinu saying that I'm giving in front of you, I'm placing in front of you uh, these different options. Um, so they'll add explanation, they'll bring Madrashi Chazal, they'll bring Madrashim on it, they'll also even sometimes bring Halachas, Dinim, like it's talking about, let's say, the Halachas of Tzitzis, the Halachas of Tefillah, and actually bring you some of the Halachas which are connected to these ideas. So they're adding definitely into the um, Pasuk. Therefore, Unkulis, which is explaining the Pasuk according to its simple translation, he just says curses, because that's what his whole purpose is, to give you the simple meaning. Medrashim, as we said, that's not the clearest way. According to the simple meaning, it says, I'm placing in front of you, I'm giving you, even more literal. Meaning is that this thing is coming from Hashem. So how could we say that Hashem is giving something which is bad? We know, first of all, whoever gives a gift, he always gives it with a generous eye. He's going to give something which is the opposite of good, a curse. We know that nothing bad comes from above. And from the mouth of, of the exalted one, no evil comes out. So as we're saying, the Talgim Yenison is coming to also give explanation. So he has a problem that we know that Hashem is, of course, the ultimate good, as we have these, in we have these ideas that are talked about in Chazal. So how could it be that Hashem is saying that I'm going to give you a curse? Nothing bad can come from Hashem. So there is this theological problem over here. So that's his question. So just before we get to the answer, just look at our... Uh, 13th star, it says, So simple interpretation is that Moshe Rabbeinu is, in a sense, quoting Hashem's word, that I am giving in front of you refers to Hashem. But we, we do know that this is part of Moshe Rabbeinu's speech. So according to those who want to say that it's Moshe Rabbeinu himself talking, I am giving you, it says, Even if you want to say it's Moshe, we know Moshe Rabbeinu is Ayub Yisrael. So then we have the same question. Moshe Rabbeinu, how is he giving a curse to the Jewish people? And over here, he's calling himself by the word This is the reason why the Targum uh, translates the word as not giving, uh, rather says, I'm organizing or I'm placing in front of you. Because the curse is not coming because Moshe is giving the curse, rather it's something which is being placed in front of the Jewish people and they're taking it on their own, as we're going to see in a moment. But the point is, whether it's Hashem or Moshe Rabbeinu, the question is there, especially according to the most simplest interpretation that, as the Rebbe is bringing, that it refers to Hashem. Um, how, how could he, how, how could anything bad come from above? 
So therefore, Therefore, the Targum explains that Klo means the opposite, the exchange. So not the opposite, the exchange of the Baracha. Meaning, this that there's an idea of curse over here, that's not because God is giving it. This is mitzad, this comes because of the recipient. Meaning that since the recipient is conducting himself uh, improperly, therefore the blessing is being substituted before it reaches the recipient from a blessing to a curse. Meaning is it's our actions that are bringing the curse. It's not that Hashem is giving us a curse. Rather, we're the ones that are uh, taking the, making, the, uh, making the curse come down. Just like we're saying that through listening to Hashem's brachas, we bring uh, uh, we, through listening to Hashem's mitzvahs, we bring the bracha. Similarly, when we go against Hashem's mitzvahs, that brings the curse. So what the Targum is trying to say over here is, his answer is, again, our, one of our questions was, how could, how, how could we use the word chilufen as the opposite of our bracha? Right? They, they, there needs to be some type of common denominator between them. So what the Targum is, the Rebbe is explaining what the Targum is saying is, that we're talking about over here, the recipient. We have different types of actions we're able to do. We're able to do actions that bring blessings, and we're able to bring actions that bring curses. So we're exchanging our acts. So it's not that we're exchanging a blessing for a curse, but we're changing the acts that, we're, that we have control of. We're able to do one type of act, which is good acts, and instead we do bad acts, which bring the curse. So what really the Pasuk is saying is, that I'm giving you, what it means is that I'm giving you the ability to choose which acts you want to do, and based on those acts, you're going to be bringing down uh, different types of either blessings or the opposite, or the exchange of the blessing, which would be based on the exchange of your deeds, which brings a curse. Um, not to go into, the Rebbe doesn't go into, but the Rebbe does quote the Shalon in Ha'ar 17, because it, it, how, how taka does a klala come? It meaning as if we're saying that the klala doesn't come from Hashem, then how, we, how does any type of suffering come into this world? So the shla over there explains that punishment is actually a natural consequence from our deeds. Meaning is that when we're doing mitzvahs, we're in a sense drawing Hashem's hashkacha upon us, and then blessings come upon us. But when we are going against what Hashem wants, what we're doing is we're removing Hashem's hashkacha, Hashem's uh, attentiveness on us, and then the natural order of the, word, of the world, in a sense, what Hashem has set up, takes effect, and that's when the curses and everything comes upon us, that when we're removing Hashem's protection, then the natural order of the world, which Hashem also created, then takes effect, and then whatever was supposed to happen to you, when you disengage yourself from Hashem's energy, that, uh, that disengagement, you losing that life energy, then all of a sudden, because of the lack of Hashem, in a sense, that's what brings the curses um, to you. But the later sukkim, where it says like I'm giving the klala on har evil, it, it says it doesn't. It's not talking about Hashem. It's not. It's, it's not talking about over there. Menasata, you will give. I'm sorry. It's talking to the levim. The levim will turn to you know each mountain 
and give the curses, it's not Tachmar Hashem, therefore the Tagim Yenisam gives it according to the simple interpretation. He also says Mlatataya, which means a curse. So just to jump back to the questions before we go weiter, the question was, what are the differences? Question one was, why does the Targum Unkelis translate it as a curse while, we, while the Yonison translates it as an exchange? And so the answer to that is because the Targum Unkelis' purpose is just to give the simple interpretation, so he just translates it literally. While the Targum Yonison had an issue. His issue was this theological issue. How can we say something bad is coming from Hashem? Therefore, he translates it as the exchange. Um, second question we asked is, why it, on the brach of a, on the pasuk of saklala har evil, the targum yenison uses the word latataya the same as unkulus. Why does he continue translating the words always as chlufa? So the reasoning is because even the targum yenison agrees that the tr- literal translation of the word kalala is a curse. It's just that he has an issue in the earlier psukim because since it's talking about Hashem giving something, Hashem never Hashem never gives the curse. But in the later psukim where it's talking about the Jewish people that. You, then, 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 he, then he's able to translate it literally because he doesn't have the theological issues with it. And that, of course, also, um, in, in Sif Bey's, where we had two questions, is that we said chalufa means the opposite of a certain idea, and we said this certain idea, this chalufa, has to be utilized only when it's an exchange for something which is different, but has a common denominator. So both of these things are really answered with what the Rebbe's explaining, that the chalufa means there is an exchange. The person, it's talking about the exchange of your actions, that by changing your actions, therefore you get a different type of energy which is coming, either energy or, or maybe even, I should say, lack of energy, which comes upon you, which brings the curses. Sivdalad. He says, but this is still not completely clear. It's not glat. It's not smooth, this answer. He says, How can we say that the chilufa, which is the curse, doesn't come from Hashem, rather it comes because of the recipient? But as we explained before, how that works. The problem is that if you actually just translate the words of the Pasuk simply, I am giving you, or I'm setting in front of you, a blessing and a curse. So it's understood that I am giving you, it's talking about both the Klala and the Bracha. Especially once there is a Vava Moisa. Vava Moisa means and. So you can't just say that I'm giving you, that Hashem in a sense is giving the Bracha, and then you have the ability to exchange the Bracha based on your actions and make it into a klal. But the simple interpretation of the Pasuk is that Hashem is literally giving the bracha. Not that He's just giving you, uh, you know, the ability, in a sense, to exchange your actions, which would also cause an exchange of the bracha taklala. Uh, again, according to the simple reading of this Pasuk. So therefore, it's not completely glat, because it is implying from the Pasuk that the anoichi and that a God is giving both, literally. So let's see if we can give an even deeper interpretation, which will make that fit too. So Abir Bizzah says, Klolos inyan atargim atayram lashan kaidish lashan rabi kadayma avur b'nei Yisrael ba'metzad gulusam m'shibudim shal Yisrael. He says, the Klolos, the general concept of the targum, the translation of the Torah from lashan kaidish to Arami or any other language, that is for the Jewish people. Meaning, this, why does this come? This is ba'metzad gulusam m'shibudim shal Yisrael. Shramachmas matzazen nisabat tzarek l'targim asatayra l'lashaynis da'ayin umais am va'am v'lashaynai or kilashaynai. Um, it's because of our gallus that since we have lost 
the pure understanding of the Lashon HaKadosh. Therefore, the Torah needs to be translated into the 70 languages that we be able to understand what the words of the Torah is. The Rebbe does point out that there was a translation that Moshe Rabbeinu said, um, if you look at R19, Mash Enkim, the Be'er Hetev, the Moshe Rabbeinu, it says in the beginning of Chomsh Devarim, that Moshe Rabbeinu explained the Torah, Be'er Hetev, which Rashi translates as that he, that he, that he, that he put it, that he said it in 70 languages, Shahai Bishpil Yisrael, Shayuchul Achal Abayar Lumas Eilam. This that Moshe Rabbeinu said into seven languages, that wasn't for the Jewish people, because they knew Lashon HaKadosh. Rather, it was for the Jewish people that they could be able, to teach it to the Gaim. Because at that point in time, the Jewish people all spoke Lashon HaKadosh. So we're talking about in the Pneum, we're talking about at a later period of time, where we needed to have a translation for ourselves, because we didn't know the language itself. So back in the Pneum, Gufa so based on that, there's two viewpoints how to explain the idea of suffering in Galas. Alpi Targum Unculus, which is the Targum Bavel, Makim Galas, Shabbat Hahelam, the Hasabatekif, Miskablahim Sun Kfisha Nirim Papashis, Inu Shalut and Klala. He says, according to the Targum Unculus, which is the Targum of Bavel, which is the pace of Galas, there the Hashem is hidden in a very strong and powerful way. Then the idea of rec- of receiving punishment or affliction is understood in this very simple way. We see things very literal. There's there's punishment. There's suffering. That's what it is. We look at how it is right now, and, and it feels like suffering. Uh, just to point out that he's trying. He says targum unculus is the targum bavel. Um, why is that the targum of bavel? So he gives a bunch of sources in the bottom, but just. The reasoning is because in the Talmud Bavli, whenever it refers to the Targum, it always says uh, our Targum, and it's talking about the Targum Unculus. So when it translates Psukim and it says our Targum, it's the translation that, tar- that Unculus gives. Um, while the, but while the other, other translations, they'll quote it, like Rabbi Yosef gave, gave this Targum and others Targums. Whenever it's our Targum, it's always the Targum Unculus. So the implication is that the, 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 when in the the, they, when they used to read the Torah in the, the shul, they used to say the Pasuk and give a translation. The implication is that they used to use in Bavl the translation that was given by Unculus. Okay. Um, and just to give a little background, this is based again on the Rebbe Zahar from Tar Shlema. He wants to say that it says, there's many sources of where the Targum came from. Ultimately, it came all the way from um, it could have been even from the time of Har Sinai. Then it says that Ezra was Masak in the Targum, the, the translation. And then we have all these other Targumen that came later, Targum Yenison, the Yushalmi, the Unculus. So he wants to say is that the fundamental translation of the words themselves came from Har Sinai through, and eventually through Ezra, who was Masak in it, who, I guess, you know, re-edited it and put, put the proper words back in place so that they know what it was. But as time went on, when the translator would give the translation in shul, he wouldn't just give necessarily only the simple meaning of the words. Many times he would add explanation into the words. Um, and different targumen had different styles. So the targum Yonison style was, and that was used, I guess, in many shul, was to give much more explanation. Maybe that was the one used in Eretz Yisrael. While the one used in Bubble was to try to keep it more as a literal uh, a, a type of translation. Uh, he does mention that if you look at 80% of the words in the uh, the three Targumim on the Chumash are all the same. It's about 20% which are, of the words which are different, meaning is actually word-for-word translation. He says from the Shalmi and the Yainasan, there's only a 10% difference 
in the translation of the word-by-word type translation, meaning is they do add different types of you know, halachas or midrashim, but the actually word-by-word translation, the, the, the Yishami and the Yenison, is very similar, which he, which may, that's why some scholars believe that the Yushalmi and the Yenison might have initially been the same translation, but then, you know, as time went on and different versions, you know, things were added and taken away, but it might have been that they were initially the same translation, and then things were added and taken away, and, and therefore they got two different names because of all the differences which are there. But the Unkelis is much more different than the other two. Okay. So he says, so These are the translations which were used in Eretz Yisrael. Um, as the Aruch says that this was the, he says that the Targum Yishami and the Targum Yishami were literally the same one. So definitely it was, it's called the Targum Yishami. I think that gives it away. That was a translation that was used in Yishlaim. This is, This is a place where the, Helen, this hiding of Hashem is not as strong because it's an Eretz Yisrael. So therefore, near Begila Yisr, you're able to see more the inner dimension of what's going on. And this fits what we said earlier, that the style of the translation is based on Chazal, Midrashim. So we always know that the Medrash reveals the Pnimis the inner dimension of the Torah. Therefore, they translate that the punishments of Galus or the suffering of Galus is really just the is really just the exchange for a blessing. This is an exchange, a substitute of two inyanim, which are really one concept that come from one category. Meaning is that both of them the Blessing and the chalufa come from the same place. They come from Hashem. And the purpose of both of them is blessings. The only difference is, as we're going to explain, it's how it's revealed in this world. Bracha is a blessing which is revealed good, while the klala is a blessing which looks like a curse, but really it's a, also a blessing. On the contrary, we're going to say it's even a deeper level of, the, uh, of blessing. And therefore, the ultimate purpose of both of these things, the bracha and the chalufa, is really toivu bracha. Uh, that, that it says that I afflicted you and I let you hunger, just like a man chastises, um, chastises his son, Hashem chastises you. Meaning is it comes from love. That in the purpose of this chastisement is that you will guard the mitzvahs of Hashem and then he will be able to bring you to Eretz Yisrael, the land of good. And in our situation, when we're referring to the Golas that we're in, it means is that why do we have the suffering of Golas? Why are we here? It's in order for us to become purified and, and elevated. And then we'll be able to accept the great revelations of godliness, which will happen by the Gula. So the purpose of even Golas and the purpose of the Yisrael that we're having now is not suffering in a simple sense, but rather it's a Chilufa. It's just a different, it is a different type of blessing. It's a deeper blessing which is revealed as suffering. The Kolzais, Namur Belashan Targ, Belashan Akaitish. Aye, so why is it said, why is this a translation on Targum? If we're talking about such a deep level of Kedusha, this seems like it's you know, relevant to Tzadikim that they're able to see, even in suffering, they're able to appreciate the ultimate purpose uh, which is in it. But when we're saying that it's being translated to Targum, we're talking about simple folk that don't need Lashan Akaitish. So why is it in a translation? He says like this, Who 
And the simple purpose of a translation is that even the simple individuals that don't know Lashon HaKadosh are able to understand the concepts of Taira. Meaning that the inner Pneumistika idea, which is in the curse, which is in Gullus, is not only being revealed to Atama Chacham that could appreciate this concept, which upon them, this whole idea of Gullus never actually really had an effect, because the Atama Chacham at Tzadik is always living, in a sense, in a higher dimension. But it's actually also, and the Rebbe says more than that, it's Be'ikr, this translation, this idea of the Targum is meant most first, uh, first and foremost for the simple people. That for the simple people, that the halim and, and the darkness of Gullus is so strong that we're not able to even know Lashon HaKadosh and we need the translation to, to, the, to the 70 languages, that even to these individuals, it's revealed to them that what's the purpose, what's the inner dimension and purpose of Klala and suffering, that's really the idea of a blessing. And all this is said at the beginning of the Parsha, which is also the uh, a synopsis of its uh, content of the main themes of the parsha. Meaning, when we're talking about the, the general concept of Aveda and um, its, its purpose, then we say that the purpose and the Kvana of Aprimius of the Klala is also in order for us to come to serve Hashem. He says, it's interesting, he says, at the beginning of the parasha we said, at the Targum Yenison translates the word of Chalufa, while later on the parasha he gives the simple translation as a curse. So he gave one explanation earlier, which was that when it's referring to Hashem giving, that he, a, a kalala, he always translated as a chalufa. But when it's talking with the Jewish people, saying over the curses, then it says, translates it simply. But over here it's giving an even deeper pshat of why that's happening. Because remember, the Targum Yenison is always to give us the pnimius, a more deeper explanation. He says, at the beginning of the parsha, where we're talking about the ultimate purpose, uh, where it's giving you the ultimate purpose of what the entire parsha is, it's trying to tell you what the theme of the parsha is. Then it tells you the theme of the parsha is it's it's all about blessing. It's a blessing and a chalufa, another way of this blessing to come down to us. But when we're in the middle of the parsha, then it's talking about avoid the papayal, what we're supposed to be doing, our day to day actions. Then it says that when Hashem Mahalakach will bring you to this land that you're going to come to inherit, when you actually need to awaken within yourself and fight the war against the Nash Bahamas and Yitzhahara, that that point in time, when you're in the middle of the Avoidah, you need to translate the word as a curse. Because only in that way are you able to, to fight and conquer the Yitzhahara, as the Chazal tells us, a person should always incite the Yitzhahara on the Yitzhahara, meaning as you're telling the Yitzhahara, you're disgusting and repulsive, and you bring punishment and suffering. At that moment in time, what you're only supposed to look at as that this is a curse. You're not supposed to start thinking in the moment of Avoidah, that, you know, there's a deeper meaning over here. and you know, No, that's only, if, God forbid, a person fell. Then he could say, even when I'm falling and I'm suffering, there's a deeper purpose to this. But at the time that you're in the middle of doing the void, you need to know this is something which is not... 
the proper way how it's supposed to be. This is something which is bad. Afterwards, or before, yes, you, you, you can think about and try to see deeper meanings in it. But always at the point, you, you know, in a sense, you need to have the instincts. You practice, you meditate, um, and, and you do all these things in order that you have that muscle memory that when the time comes and the challenge comes, you know exactly the right thing, uh, what to do. Okay. Hey, is this that the Torah tells us that the Kalala is also coming from Hashem and it's an inyan of a chilufa? This is not just to lighten and make easier our Veda, meaning is by recognizing that the curses are not really a curse on their own, but rather it's to has purpose and meaning to it. So that in a sense makes it easier that even when something hard hap- bad happens to us, if we know that there's meaning and something beneficial that will come out of it, that makes the vayda harder. When it's just like a punishment that has no meaning, oh, I did something wrong, I got punished and has no meaning, it's just to make me suffer, then it's very hard to accept and it doesn't help you with your vayda. But when you know that there's a meaning to it, that will help you. He says, but it's not just for that, but it's actually also relevant. This idea is actually an vayda to itself. It's, an, it's, it's relevant to the essential concept, meaning is to know that this is a kalala, is really a blessing, is a, an avoid and an inyan on its own, as we will explain. Habir bezeh. He says, according to, he said, we're going to explain this idea of Piptimi Sidyanim, but first we're going to first explain the Pasuk according to the simple interpretation, and also according to the, how the Medrash Rabbah translates it, which Anechi is referring to Hashem. Right? As we said before, if you look at our 20, right? uh, even though the current Targum Yenison, he translates this as Moshe. Moshe is the one that's speaking over here. But again, according to the simple interpretation and the Medrash Rabbah, we're talking about Hashem, and that's what the Rebbe is going to focus on now. Um, he says, when we use the word Anoichi, I, I is higher than a name. When you use a name of Hashem, that's giving a certain limitation. It's giving a certain description. But when you say I, it's referring to the essence of Hashem, which is higher than a name. It's higher than a letter. It's higher even than the crown of a letter. The crown of a letter is, you know, much more, less defined. So therefore, it's more pashat. It's more simplistic. It's more elevated. But it's higher than all of that. Kalash Nazar, it's an achtus pshutas, the most simplistic and pure unity. So the question is, how is it possible that from a pure unity, a simplistic unity, could come a second way, a second type of energy, a klala, or as we're referring to it as a klala, a chlufa. Even if we're saying that they're all really blessings, but how could there be so many different types of energies that are coming from one pshutas? We're saying something that's pashat, pashat means it's one. So how can you have two different things coming from something which is one? This is a concept which is spoken about a lot in Hasidus, uh, you know, and that's part of the, our understanding of what Yehudi Ilach, Yehudi Tata, is what we were brought at the beginning of the Mimer of Shema Yisrael, Shem Lekeinu, Shem Lechad, is Achdus Yehudi Ilach, Yehudi Tata, and this is discussed in Sha'ar Yehudi Amuna, uh, but over here we'll, we'll give just this, a very uh, short explanation that was going to go into it based on what's relevant to our Sicha. Uh, so this like, concept is based on what it's explained in other places, says true uh, true unity comes and is revealed 
through an ex- when when there is division. The only time that you could show true achdus is when there is division. Meaning, kasher etzam apashet meskalav ribu kavim befrat kasham him hafchim halgufu hahechach sheinim mitzuri mukdeb shun tzir v'tarach asoshalom alugam pashet betachas abshitivs lachen gam akavim harabim hahafchim einim niyol fun of klal. He says when. Something which is poshit, something which is simplistic, is able to be revealed in many different ways, especially when these ways are opposite, that itself is the greatest proof that this thing has no form and no image to it. Because if it had any type of limitation or any type of rule or any type of um, uh, way that it has to be revealed, then it wouldn't be able to be revealed in two opposite ways. Things which can only be revealed in certain ways means that there is a limit to its pshitas. Pshitas means that it has no form. It's completely formless. Once you're saying, yes, it's completely formless, but it only works in these scenarios, why does it only work in those scenarios? It must be because the formlessness has some type of uh, boundaries to it. But when something which is completely formless, uh, then it can even go into things which are opposites. Right, so let's like an example. We don't, we don't really have any examples in this world, but just to try to give something, you know, let's say with electricity, right? So the more pure the energy is, it's able to be utilized in more types of machines and more types of functions. The more limited it is and the more coarse that energy is, then it has lesser uh, applications that we're able to use. Let's say you have water, right? So water is able to you have a cup of water, if you pour it, you know, it could go into any type of shape, right? But the colder, let's say, the water again, it starts freezing and uh, freezing, then it doesn't have that many shapes. The more pshitas it is, the more simplistic it's able to go more and more types of shapes. Um, but again, but even water is not able to have the shape of, <clears throat> you know, can't turn into the shape of fire, right? It, it, it could be any type of shape what water can turn into, but it cannot turn into a shape like fire, Something like that, right? Because it's it's nothing to do it because it, it's limited only with the um, cat, uh, with the limitations and principles of how water works. Okay, so So therefore, he says, since this is revealed specifically through the opposite kav, um, the opposite measure of Chilufa, so it comes out the revelation of godliness that comes through this, uh, this conduit is actually much greater and much deeper than the revelation that comes through a bracha and a revealed type of good. Because the revealed type of good is actually only revealing Hashem's achdus in a much more obvious type of way. But when we're able to reveal Hashem's achdus even in Chilufa, that means it's a deeper level of Hashem's achdus which is being revealed through uh, so the altar explains in Tanya that he says the we have the name Yudke Vavke. So the first two letters of Hashem's name is Yudke, he says, are the higher levels. They refer usually to the Chachma and the Bina of Hashem. He says, punishment comes from Yudke. So that while Toiv and Bracha comes from the lower levels of Hashem's name, which is Vav and He, which are the emotions. He is the Malchus. Idea being is, just like a person's intellect is something which is for himself, it's hidden. But it's much greater than your emotions and your ability to speak. This is who you truly are, is the way that you think. And your ability to, in a sense, 
come up with new ideas and reach higher than what you are naturally all comes from your seichel. That's the yud and the hey. But it's hidden. It's hidden. No one else can experience it except for you. So we're talking about Hashem. He's saying suffering comes from your head. Meaning is it's a much deeper level. It's a much higher experience. Um, but we're not able to experience it how Hashem sees it. We just see it as suffering. Emotions and, or, and malchus, which is the speech, thought, and action, that we could experience in a toiv v'hagali because it's a lower level. It's something which is meant for others to experience. Meaning is these are hidden kindnesses which are not able to come down below in a revealed chasid. This is the inner interpretation of the Pasik, those who Hashem loves, he chastises or he rebukes. He says, it's those who Hashem loves, he rebukes. Meaning his true love and closeness to Hashem comes specifically in a way of rebuke. Because it has to come in a hidden type of kindness. Because the revealed kindness is only the external level of, of, of chesed. Meaning is, if we're able to experience it, that means it's just the kind, and like, Give an example of two people. When you love someone, you can't give him that emotion. He, he can't feel the emotion itself. All he can feel is, is how you express the emotion. You express it through words. Uh, you express it through your actions, gifts, whatever it is. But it's, you can only experience that which is the most external aspect of your love that you have for this person. So by Hashem, Hashem does have the capability to actually uh, help give you the experience of his inner love. But by Hashem, the only way for, uh, well, at least the way that he's decided for us to experience that, it has to become through a chesed nistar, a hidden kindness, which is through rebuke. So that rebuke is really that inner love, that hidden love that Hashem has for you, which is not revealed in an external way, but rather has to be revealed specifically in a a hidden way. So, apizem vor oid yeser hatam shaha yisurim vikadema, maybe just give like another example, it's like expression of love. Sometimes the greater the, the expression that you're trying to give, it's actually the more hidden it is. Like when you say, I love you, so that's a very revealed type of expression. But what say it's even a deeper type of emotion that I would have to put it in a way of a poem, you know, or, or a riddle. So I can't even say it in the words, love is too little. I have to put it in, in deeper words, like a riddle, a poem. And these words express it even more. So love, it's, it's, very, it's very clear what you're trying to say. When you put it into a riddle or, 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 or a poem, it might not be even as clear. But when the person is able to penetrate the meaning of those words, he's able to, in a sense, have a deeper, a deeper understanding and appreciation of what the love that was being expressed. Okay. The Rebbe says a very important rule. He says in order for these blessings and this chassid, this great chassid to become revealed, that even that we will be able to experience the chassid, that we can understand what it is, we're able to experience it, this is only through us knowing and recognizing that these, this suffering is really a hidden love that comes from Hashem. And this is awakens within us to be joyful in suffering. And through us rejoicing in the suffering, that causes the inner pnimius of and, and, and the root of this idea to be revealed even nowadays. 
and and then Hashem makes it that Hashem yitin hatay begula that the good becomes revealed in a way that even we could appreciate and understand it. So it's interesting. He's saying, how do you? Similar to what I was saying about a poem, the way for you to appreciate the love is that you're gonna focus on it and, and delve into what the meaning is. So even more so when we're talking about punishment and suffering, it looks like suffering. So the only way to experience it is that you're rejoyful on it. You're, you're trying to understand why Hashem is giving it to you. You're looking for the Ashkacha Pratis, the lesson that you're learning. You're rejoicing that Hashem is being involved. And through that Simcha and everything that you're doing to appreciate what Hashem is giving you, as we know that always Simcha breaks down boundaries, that will give us the fortitude, that you know, the Rechava Sadas, the, the, the wideness. It's a Simcha gives you ability to think out of the box. Uh, to, to change who you are, that gives us the ability to also appreciate that it's good, and then Hashem will reveal it to us. Okay. So according to this, it's understood the connection of this week's parsha to this week's of Torah, and generally speaking, the Haftarahs of the seven weeks from after Tishbav, which are known as the seven Haftarahs of Hashem's comforting us, from Tishbav, the base of English was destroyed. So the next seven Haftarahs are Haftarahs that Hashem does to give us comfort. He says, "Beftars elam adubar aydes hanachama, shalakadosh baruch hu ba'asmi nachmas bnei Yisrael, even the neichi and neichu who menachamchem." That these of Tars are talking about Hashem giving nachama uh, to the Jewish people. That he, Hashem Himself is giving us the nachama, as it says, "I, I am gonna, I, 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 I am giving you this nachama." Beis pama manichi. It says twice the word anichi. This is an even greater relation, greater revelation than Mamat and Torah, because Mamat and Torah says just as the word Anechi once, and we know as we said Anechi refers to the essence of God. Over here it says Anechi Anechi. Its meaning is that there's a great revelation of Hashem in this Nechama that He's giving to us. And therefore, also in these of Taurus, we find the great hashpa, uh, the great uh, energies that Hashem gives us. It says it's rav type, it's an abundance of good that He gives to the Jewish people, not just regular good, it's an abundance of good. And we don't find this concept in other of Taurus. He said, the reasoning is, during the seven weeks of Nechama, it's being revealed the hidden love that Hashem had. During the three weeks of Ben HaMetzarim, when we give three Haftars of punishment and suffering, the love over there was there, but it was hidden. During the next seven weeks, Hashem reveals it to us. He says, because as we said earlier, because of the great chesed and taib which is in them, we're unable to perceive them in a revealed way. On the contrary, it looks like suffering and metzar and we're in the straits. But what happens during the seven weeks of the Nechama is that the good is revealed. And the way and the order of how this chesed is going to become revealed is actually hinted in the Haftarahs, especially in this week's Haftarah, where it talks about the, the afflicted and storm-tossed individual that is unable to take uh, consolation, even, you know, she will be consoled. 
as he will explain now. He says, The Avudraham brings the reasoning of these seven midrashim, uh, the seven haftarahs, and the way how they're organized, like why one comes after the next. He says, The first haftarah is that Hashem tells the Nevi'im to go to the Jewish people and tell them, be consoled, be consoled my people. Meaning is the Nevi'im are consoling the Jewish people as messengers of Hashem. The second Torah comes to answer the Jewish people. It says, Tzion, meaning the people of Tzion, the Jewish people say, God has forsaken me. Meaning is that this Nechama that comes to the Nevi'im is considered still that Hashem has deserted me. Meaning is we... Our desire is not to have a Nacham that comes to the Nevi'im. We want a Nacham that comes to Hashem. So when, during the third of Tyre, which is this week's Haftaira, the Nevi'im bring the reply of the Jewish people to Hashem, that, that, that this storm-tossed, afflicted one does not want to receive, does not, does not, it can't be consoled. Meaning is, what we're giving them, our consolation is not enough. So meaning the fourth of Tyre Hashem says, I, I will give them the Nechama. He accepts their demand and he's going to bring them the Nechama. And the fifth and sixth of after is come rejoice the barren woman that was not able to have children. It's referring to Shalayim, and come, uh, come my light because your light has arrived. These are nechamas that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is giving to the Jewish people. And then comes the reply of the Yidin in the seventh of Torah that we will rejoice, says Asus, we will rejoice with God. Meaning is that after Hashem has given us the Nacham in the previous two Haftarahs, then then I can rejoice with Hashem. Then my nefesh could be jubilant with my God. So it's under, the question is, Hashem knows everything, knows the future. So Hashem would know right from the onset that the Yidin would not accept the Nechama of the Jewish people and they would want Hashem's Nechama. So why was it that Hashem pushes off and waits for the Nechama until the Bnei Yisrael demand it? But according to what we explained is understood. Right? According to what we explained is that, the, that even the suffering is really a type of love of Hashem. And it's upon us, we need to realize that it's Hashem's love. And it's not suffering. Once we come to that recognition that even the suffering is really a type of chesed, that's when it's able to become revealed. So also in the Haftarah, Hashem needs us to come to that realization on our own. If Hashem would just give it to us, it wouldn't, I guess it would be a free gift. Or we wouldn't be able to appreciate it properly. The way how it's supposed to be is, the re- real way for us to be able to appreciate it is that we have to come to it on our own.
אבל על פי הנעל מובן, כיוון שזהו הזמן הבא לאחר יריד הגדול ביוסי תשבח, היתכן שבני ישראל הסתפקו בנחמשה ידי נביאים, בפרט שנחמה בכפליים. He says, since we are after the time of this horrible Yerida, this horrible uh, down, uh, the time that we have fallen because of Tishbaf, it's possible that the Jewish people will be satisfied through the Nechama that comes from the Nebim, especially since it's a double comfort because they say, Nachmu, Nachmu, Ami. Al Shimkein, Harzeh, Meij, Bnei Yisrael, Kibla, Sopranius, Ka'inish, Beklala, Atzar, Chon, Asman. Shalzeh, Dai, Bnei Nechama, Nebim. Veloi, Shepranius, Gufa, Tamen, Chesed, Naila, Habab, Esa, Kodesh, Baruch, Ba'atzmi. But the problem with that is, that that is basically testifying that the Jewish people were not able to see the inner dimension of the punishment. Rather, if they're accepting the Nechama for the Nevi'im, that means they're accepting that the, punish, that the punishment was a punishment. It was a curse. It, it, it had no deeper meaning besides to punish us. Therefore, it's enough the Nechama Nevi'im. We're not realizing that the Nechama had a much, the Puranius had a much greater chesed, that it came from Hashem. Meaning, as explained earlier, when something is expressed with words, it's the chetzonius, it's the most external type of expression. So if the Nevi'im are expressing what Hashem's um, doing, that's still, in a sense, like Hashem is just talking to us. It's like Hashem saying, I love you. So that's not giving us the deeper dimension that we were looking for. The deeper dimension cannot be revealed through words. It has to be revealed through us coming to the recognition that there's something deeper going on here. So if we accept the Nechama Nevi'im, it's basically Hashem's telling us, giving his mouthpiece is telling us what happened, telling us that it's good. We're only accepting that which is external, that which could be expressed through speech. But we want to be able to see even that which cannot be expressed through speech, meaning is the essence of Hashem's love. But since after the, the Nevi'im give their Nechama, the Jewish people still say, Hashem has deserted me, Hashem has forgotten me, meaning that not only is it not enough for them, they're not just saying, oh, that's not enough. Rather, they're saying, Hashem is deserting me. That shows that they could recognize that all the suffering that they had is really just a chalufa. Meaning is that there's a, a great chesed hidden over there. So what they're saying is by sending us the Nevi'im, you're deserting us because you're not giving us the true love and the true chesed which was hidden. And that's what we're really going after. Therefore they're saying, they're giving the demand and they're, they're, they're giving the taina against this Necham of the Nevi'im. They say not only, uh, not only is this not the inner dimension and the purpose of Golis, but he says from this that we had so much punishment and suffering over Golis, it must mean that there's a fantastic and, and amazing Nechama and love that Hashem has, and a Navi is unable to reveal that type of love. Only Hashem is able to reveal that love. So if he's sending a Navi, that means he's deserting us, because he's not giving it to us. <laughs> And the recognition and this knowledge, that itself awakens the Gili, as we said before. The recognition and the knowing of this, that is what awakens it. That's why it's so important that we need to come to it on our own. And then Hashem agrees to our claim. 
and then that the Nechama is not enough, and that Hashem himself says, I will, I, I will give you the Nechama. Until the shlemus of this idea will be by the gula mitzvah shlema. At that point, we'll be sealed. We will we will be able to see in a revealed way with our own physical eyes the kindness of Hashem in a revealed and open good.